I'm Sandy Swallow. I'm Okalala Lakota and Northern Cheyenne. I've been an artist for over 30 years and through my artwork have portrayed my heritage. Now I'm starting a brand new venture called Lakota Link and I'm here to share with you and I hope you enjoy it. Lakota Link. Greetings from the home of the Seven Council Fires land of the 1868 Fort Laramie Treaties, bringing stories old and new of Lakota values, courage, respect, wisdom, to name a few. I will be interviewing Victor Swallow, who happens to be an elder of the Okalala Lakota, and he was born and raised on the reservation. Vic is a well-known storyteller and also writes for the Native Sun News. He is a hardworking man that uh, supported his family, and I'm proud to call him brother. So Vic, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, I... uh appreciate the opportunity to share uh, what I know and us Lakota elders uh, should be sharing with people. I was uh, born to Lizzie Tubulds and John Swallow, the third of four children. I was born in 1939, and I've, on a red shirt table, which is located in the northwestern part of the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation, which is located in South Dakota. Vic, um, can you tell tell me... uh, I guess I've never asked you this question, but uh, was Aunt Lizzie at home, or was she? Did she go to the hospital? Do you know? When we was born, us three older ones, uh, they went to the hospital two weeks before their due date, and they stayed there two weeks after their birth. My younger sister Beatrice. She was born down in the Red Shirt Village, delivered by Jenny Marshall Tubolf, which who was a midwife, and that was in 1943. And for and, those of listeners that don't know, can you explain to us a little bit about, you know, the reservation is? and South of the Cheyenne River and... Uh, it's uh, probably about 40, 45 miles southeast of Rapid City. 
and it is uh, the biggest of the Sioux reservations, uh, which includes uh, the Bauman area, which was taken from the Sioux by eminent domain, and it's still held by the federal government. It's it's the uh, Badlands National Park. So and then we. So Vic, yeah. um, the for the people that um, maybe not know, they don't know a little their history very much on here in in South Dakota. Uh, can you tell me the what you, when you're talking about Sioux, what that means? Well, the the Sioux is, uh, and we don't know this as handed down verbally uh are part of our tradition we 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 knew we were lakotas but uh we grew up believing uh, we were sioux and of course that's a you can uh find that out it's uh, uh between a french name and uh chippewa or ojibwa that which was our enemy and they called us Little Adder, which uh, comes from the last part of that name, and it's French. But here, recently, we've been calling ourselves Lakotas, and uh, our uh, county down there is named uh, the Lakota County when it used to be Shannon County. So uh, that's who we are. We are Lakotas. And Lakota, actually, uh, we're referring to ourselves as Lakota, and that's the dialect. There is Nakota, Dakota, and Lakota dialect. And the Lakota actually is the um, largest amount of people. So what tribes are involved with the Lakota? Well, the, the tribes... In, involved are the the Oglala, which is the biggest of the tribes. Then the Sechunku, which is down to Rosebud uh, Indian Reservation, and then the Mini Kanju, the Siha Sapa, Ita Zipko, and Ohi Numpa. They are part of the Cheyenne River Indian Reservation, which is in the northern part of the state. And then the Hunkpapa. The Hunkpapa are uh, a sitting bulls band that people can look in history and, and know that. And part of their reservation is in uh, South Dakota and, uh, and the rest is in North Dakota, the Standing Rock Reservation. And just a little side note here, the Standing Rock uh, a couple of years ago was where there was a great deal of protest, and so now people know where that's at. It's in South Dakota, partly South Dakota, partly North Dakota. And as a other note to tell you, the I, I believe the Navajos are the biggest tribe but we're the second so and yeah we are the <laughs> uh, in in south dakota here we are 
the Oglawas are the the biggest of the Sioux tribes, the Lakota tribes. I I had a question for you. We had discussed this a little bit, and I wanted you to share this with people. Right now, everybody's going through this crisis, so to speak, of the virus, the corona virus, and everybody's having to stay home and quarantine themselves, and especially us elders, that uh, it, it can be especially serious for us. But, you know, uh, I was thinking about this, and in history, there actually was things that went on a long time ago that we have probably forgotten. And I was wanting you to share with the people Aunt Lizzie's stories of what she remembered. Yes, my mother was born in 1907, and they had these uh, government schools which we refer to, refer to as boarding school. And she was going to boarding school. She started when she was eight years old, and they would go a full nine months away from home. And uh, the Pine Ridge Indian boarding school was located on the hill where they could see the town of Pine Ridge and the churches and the cemeteries, and she said the the, the Spanish uh, influenza, when it came, there was wagons uh, all day long with caskets going to them, two cemeteries they could see, which would be the Catholic and the Episcopalian cemetery. She said some of the kids got sick, but she never mentioned any of them dying. It would just rest and drink a lot of water, and uh, I would imagine they isolated the ones that were really sick, but she never did say. My mother's older sister, Lucy Tubold, who was born in 1895, her first husband died from the Spanish influenza, course in 1918 and he his name was Willie Circle Eagle and he was from uh, either Red Scaffold or uh, Cherry Creek which is on the uh, Cheyenne River Indian Reservation and that's the only uh, ones I know that mother talked about okay well Tell me, how are you faring on this um, quarantine? How uh, how are things going well, for you? We don't never go anywhere except to Walmart, and the wife goes to these thrift shops. But uh, being as we can't go there, it's kind of boring. And television, there's no sports, and the granddaughter, she's. Uh, home from school, and we had to get her a computer, her old and outdated, and so she can do her homework. But we did take a trip to Redshirt to the sign that is overlooking the Badlands, uh, Cedar Creek to be uh, exact, 
and uh, we spent about two hours just sitting there looking. It was so quiet and peaceful, and there was nobody around except for a guy down in there on the ATV that was checking on his cattle because uh, they're calving. It's calving season, and he was going around checking on them, but it was just nice to get away and in a safe place and just sit back and enjoy that. So tell me, uh, Vic, um, you know, a lot of our listeners, they have no idea what what uh, down on the reservation, you know, Pine Ridge, I, I think about it. And um, we know that there is a lot of problems there. And, and we're known as being the most poverty county in the nation, for heaven's sake. But um, I, I really like to look at the positive and, and the beauty that's there and the, the hardworking folks. And um, would you share a little bit about Uncle John and Aunt Lizzie and, and how they raised their family? Uh, yes. They, uh, my father, he, his dad was uh, well-to-do. He had a big herd of cattle. And he had a, a two-story home with a yard, and he had a cistern outside, and he had uh, a hired man. So Dad, he grew up during the Depression, uh, did not uh, have to do without. My mother come from a family that they were real Indians, and uh, there was 11 of them, and during the Depression, they had to eat uh, horse meat. And that was kind of, uh, oh, they're used to eating beef, and in the old days, buffalo and the wild game. When she married my father, he came to Red Shirt, and, and they lived in a little log house that was so small that he built him and mom's bed a frame that was up higher out of wood. And, of course, the mattresses were them mattresses made out of cotton. They're approximately uh, maybe uh, five inches thick, somewhere in there. So the cold never come to them mattresses. And they laid on that framework and me and my brother we slept on a mattress underneath and uh, my sister and little sister slept on a, a single bed and then there was a cook stove which supplied heat and mom cooked and then the table was in the center of the, the log house and uh, that was such a comfortable uh, safe. In the morning he would get up and build a fire and you could see the flames through the cracks of the stove uh, on the ceiling. And he was a good gardener. So he planted a big garden and he had a few head of cattle in the beginning and he uh, trapped coyotes and bobcat and 
uh, badgers and anything that had uh, a value as far as the fur, and he got a bounty on the coyotes and the bobcat, and he also had a forge, his father's forge, and he would make uh, spurs and bridle bits and sell them. And uh, there's people today that wonder who he is. They know he made them. And he did everything to supplement his uh, cattle income. And my mother canned. She canned meat. He was the first one to hunt deer. My mother said there was no deer there when she was growing up because there was drought for years and years, and the deer got drove up into the hills. But he was one of the first ones to start hunting deer there, and he would kill two bucks at a time and and take one of them and divide them up and share it with all my mom's relatives who lived in the Red Shirt Village. And so we always had plenty to eat. Uh, can you um, explain to people that that is one of the Lakota virtues and that's uh, generosity? Yes, it is. We, you know, uh, everything we learn from the uh, pre-reservation days is written down by the non-Indians because we do things verbally and Many of the families of my mother's generation never talked to their kids. Her dad never talked about the ghost dance and and that to whether he believed. So I know this from uh, uh, what the non-Indian wrote down, that we were a people that uh, took care of everyone. Everyone in the, the tribe... Took care of each other, and they had some thing to do to keep it going. And of course, they had to do that in order to survive. Everybody contributed. Uh, there's many times when they went hungry; they were all hungry. They, they, uh, no, nobody hoarded. And generosity and bravery. To be brave it was uh, one of the things that, you know, our, our chiefs were known as uh, warriors, and bravery was important. So that's why we as a people have more people serve in the armed forces, forces than any one race of people, and, and that comes from that. Nowadays it's different, but... Living back then, uh, we were just coming out of being wild, you know, out taking care of ourselves. But uh, everyone out there of my folks' generation had gardens, and they had cellars to put their produce up, you know, and they all knew how to can. The government taught them that. I... So they looked after themselves. I think about this time now, you know, with uh, the way things are going to the grocery store. And I think about Wayne and I um, ranching for about 16 years and how yeah. we, w we would buy groceries. And we, 
it wasn't hoarding, but we just didn't make it to town very often. And yeah. so when we went to town, we made sure we bought a lot of groceries. And uh, consequently, our pantry was full for the most part. And I remember when Wayne and I got married, his mom was from a family of 16. And her mom had won re- red ribbons at the Fall River County Fair for doing the most canning. Uh, Yeah. And uh, she taught me how to do that. And so for many, many years, I I canned. And um, I'm just thinking now, you know, those things, uh, we might end up getting back to them a little bit more, just a change in society to be more self-sufficient and have American-made products and things like that. But, well, Vic, this this has been fun, you know, uh, and I think we we have a lot more to learn from you. And so I'm going to ask to, that the next part will be another day and, and we'll continue our talk. And thank you for yes, joining. I Look. think that's a good idea because if we don't share our stories, they're going to get lost. I appreciate the opportunity. All right. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed our segment. You know, I I enjoy visiting with the people. And if you did, go to sandyswallowgallery.com where you can find my artwork and find some history and some background. Please subscribe to it or... If you have some comments, we would love to hear your opinion. This is a new adventure for us, and I value your opinion. This song is written and sung by my good friend, Quincy Goodstar. Lakota Link is here to share Lakota values. God bless you on your journey. Whoopila. Thank you for joining us.